Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. Uh, I'm excited you're here. This series is titled Life with the Holy Spirit. And in lesson one, we, we kind of gave you an overview of why I'm teaching this. It explains the series. God lives in you to help you. That's why he's inside you. And if you're a Christian, this is you. God lives inside you to help you. And uh, he helps us in so many different ways. And in each lesson, I'm covering what I would consider some of the main ways that he helps us as Christians. And in lesson two, we talked about this truth. God lives in you to teach you. And everybody that's a Christian can understand the Bible. He teaches us by opening up our understanding to the scriptures. And last week in lesson three, I brought out this cool truth, God lives in you to direct your steps. And uh, we, we found out when we come to that fork in the road, God literally wants to help us know to, whether we should go right or left and help us with the direction in our life. And if you weren't here for any of those, you can listen to them for free or you can re-listen to them for free. Last week was one of those lessons I had tons of people come up to me and say, this has changed my life. Thank you for teaching this. And it was really one of those lessons that impacts a person. So whether it's our, our phone apps, our iPad apps, our internet site, it's all free. You can take a look at those. Today I have the privilege of teaching something the Holy Spirit does for us that I appreciate more than I could. I, I don't know if there's too many things I appreciate more in God. And, and that is this, we're going to talk about the incredible truth today that once you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit wants to help you be purified from this thing called sin. And we all have different ideas of what sin is. The Bible talks about what sin is. And I love this because I have watched people just change the direction of their life. I've watched them grow. I've watched them come aware themselves that they need to stop something. And that's God, the Holy Spirit in us, who literally, he's inside there wanting to purify each and every one of us. And in this lesson, I, I really feel I need to be transparent and tell on myself. And I do that because I want to help people. And last night after I talked this, I had some guys, I saw them in the parking lot when I was leaving. And, uh, they just looked at me and said, I can't believe you tell those stories about yourself. And I said, it's the only way to help. I don't know any other way to help people. But that's what's interesting. I talk to people all the time. They say, my kids love to come here. And I'll tell you why their kids love to come here. They want something that's authentic. They, they don't want me to stand up here and pretend I never had a problem. Uh, they they want to know, hey, other people have the same problems we do. And uh, God is the one that changes us. And he's living inside you to do that wonderful thing. So I just want to help you see an overview of my life and most Christians' lives. Um, before I met Jesus, I was able to sin and I never felt guilty for it. And so many people are like that that don't know Christ. I felt no guilt. So I was getting high almost every single night. 
And when I wasn't getting high, I was getting drunk. And, and it got worse when my brother died. I didn't even know how to categorize his death. And so I, I even took it up to a higher level. And then I, I was sexually active. And then I'm addicted to pornography. Then I had a problem stealing things. And I would steal things, but not just once in a while. I did it all the time and resold it and was making money. And, and then, then, I, then I did what so many of us did. I did things that I probably wouldn't even considered wrong ever until I met Jesus. Jesus, but I could slice and dice someone and talk about them behind their back, man, and just, just let them have it. I, could, I did that about it, just about everybody I, I knew. And, 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 uh, and then, of course, never felt guilty for that. And, and then I hated almost 95% of the people I ever met. And, and uh, so, so I had hatred. I had all this stuff going on in me. And I could lay my head down on the pillow at night. I never felt bad. I never, I never felt ever that I did anything wrong but then I accepted Christ and sometimes I joke and say he ruined my life he took all the fun out of my life um, but this wasn't people telling me don't do this it wasn't a list of do's and don'ts it was I just accepted Christ and began to follow Jesus and as I followed him God in us the Holy Spirit He's the same as God the Father, God the Son, but he's God the Holy Spirit. He began to cause me to feel this thing called conviction. And I started to feel guilty for what I did that was wrong. And not a negative guilt where I had a problem with self-esteem before God, but just I knew I was doing something I shouldn't do. And this process began. It's an incredible process. And God began to clean me up. And, and what I've come to learn is it never ends. You, you get over what some people call the big things, but he's still cleaning me out and cleaning me up. And, and he's doing that for so many of us in this room. So this lesson's all about this incredible truth. And what I want to do is help you cooperate with it and help you understand it. So as I begin today with this lesson, I realize there's four categories of people in here, okay? There's a group of you, some of you, that are like I was before I met Jesus. I mean, you haven't accepted him as your savior yet. Maybe you're checking our church out for one reason or another. I'm so happy you're here. You know, uh, here at Believers, one of our core values is no perfect people are allowed. So if you're perfect, you have to leave right now. You cannot be at this church if you're perfect. Uh, and, and the reason that's a core value is we realize that whether someone's a non-Christian or a Christian, uh, we all have flaws. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, I just want you to know, um, I'm excited that you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And none of this will be something you want to do until you meet Jesus. And then he begins to deal with you. That's the first group of people. And, and then the second group of people are the people that are like I was when I first met Jesus. You're brand new. This is all new to you. And you're beginning to feel that conviction. It's it's cool to know God loves you that much to begin to deal with you, to grow and to change. And I'm excited that you're here. Then there's another group of people that are like I am now who, uh, you know, God's purified a lot of the so-called bad things out of our life, but he's still dealing with us. And I'll tell you a story at the end just to show you that he's still dealing with me in some areas. And, and I just want to help us cooperate. But then there's a fourth group, and you know who you guys are? You're the guys who used to be like I am now or used to be like I was when I was a young Christian, 
but you've so walking, walked away from God. You're a Christian, but you've almost become numb. Your conscience is almost seared, and you're able to sin and do things you used to know were wrong, and it doesn't bother you anymore. The Bible says that can happen to us, and I want you to know I'm expecting God to just help you come back into the place of being purified today, and I know he wants to do it, and I know that he can do it in your life. Yesterday, on Saturday mornings, I meet with my prayer group. I pray with a group of people. If you ever want to come pray with us, uh, just ask me in the lobby. I'll tell you where we pray. And we prayed almost the entire day, the, the entire hour we prayed for t- today, this weekend. And we asked God that the Holy Spirit would be active in every one of those four categories. So I'm expecting him uh, to talk to your hearts today and to deal with hearts today. And it, it's going to be a wonderful day for every one of us in this room. You know, God has an end game. He, he, it would be his top priorities, what he really wants to accomplish. And we know one of them is Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost, the non-Christians. That's part of God's big goals, his end game. But then once we're a Christian, do you know one of the number one go- goals for God for Christians? Is, is that we become purified and, and, and we purify the sin out of our lives. And I thought you'd enjoy this scripture. Uh, it, it, it's a great scripture. It's in uh, the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11, and I'll read through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Only God's grace can bring you to that. And to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that's the second coming of Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and I love this part, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And I love the word eager. It means we want, we want to live holy and pure lives. But here's the end game of God for Christians. This is one of the several things he wants to accomplish He wants to purify us. His goal is to purify a people that are his very own. Now, today there's going to be some things happening that are going to just please God because people are going to begin to be purified at a higher level. So I want you to walk out of here never forgetting this truth that God lives in you to purify you. And I want to make sure all of us know what purification is, so I came up with a little definition. It just simply means this, the process of becoming aware and then free from sinful things. We're going to find out only God can really show us what sin is, and he has to make it real to us. And then once he makes it real to us, we need his power and his ability to become free from it. And I found that in order for a Christian to begin to have this purification process work, We have to be aware of this incredible truth. I could have read tons of scriptures. I chose this one. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. I asked the tech guys, keep that up there while I talk, because I want you to keep looking and keep glancing at it. The Bible says that Jesus, through his sacrifice, his death on the cross, He's forever made perfect those who are being made holy. That's you. So you're being made holy. That's purification. It's a process. But notice the Bible says you're forever made perfect. Isn't that cool? 
And that, that phrase, forever made perfect, is referring to what happened on the inside of you when you accepted Christ. And I love to talk about this. Galatians chapter 1, or Colossians chapter 1, excuse me, does an incredible job with this. You know what it says? If you've accepted Christ, it declares that you are holy, blameless, and without fault before God. Some of you are looking behind you saying, he must be talking to another person. No, if you accepted Christ, you're holy and blameless and without fault before God. The Bible teaches us that our real man, the spirit man, that's the real you, not your brain, uh, not your outside body. The real you is a spirit, and, and he lives inside you. And when you accepted Christ, the old you died, and God recreated it, and you are recreated in his image and his likeness. And only the Holy Spirit can teach us and open our eyes up to see that. And when you see that, everything changes. So I, I, I came up with this phrase. You can't become more holy. You can only live more purely. You're forever made perfect. You can't become more holy. You're as holy as you'll ever be. You can live more purely, but you can't become more holy. And a story comes to my mind that just really helps with this point. I, I was uh, vacationing, and I decided to go to the hot tub, and uh, I checked it out. There were two guys in there, so I felt comfortable, and I get into the hot tub, and I, my goal is I'd like to get on the subject of, of what Jesus did in my life and talk to these guys maybe. And So I'm looking for an open door, and I sit down in the hot tub, and they greet me immediately. They tell me their names. I tell them my name, and then they said, what do you do for a living? And there's an open door. And I said, uh, I pastor a church in Northeast Ohio. And they had, uh, I'll explain why they had, they had these big, beautiful brown eyes, these two guys. And their eyes opened even wider. And their jaw dropped when I said, I'm, I pastor a church in Northeast Ohio. And they're like, we just recently accepted Christ. And they said, God had to bring you here to talk with us. And they're really, really excited. And we begin to talk. And so I said, guys, what do you do for a living? And they look at each other, and then they're not sure if they want to tell me. And then they just look at me, and they said, uh, we're gypsies. And that's, you know, they have those big Disney character eyes, the gypsies. And um, I mean, they look like a Disney cartoon character. And I said, uh, I said, well, that's cool. I said, I thought you guys all lived over in Albania or somewhere. What do you? Are you vacationing? No, we live in New York City. There's lots of gypsies in America. I said, oh, I didn't know that. So I said, well, uh, what do you do? They said, that's our problem. We steal. And uh, they said, that's what we do. We own some real estate, but we, we, we got it, you know, doing someone wrong, and we just steal. That's what we do for a living. And then they looked at me, and they said, we're so excited you're here because we're trying to stop stealing. We know the Bible says not to. So they're, they're, the purification process is beginning. They said, but we're gypsies. That's what we do. And I said, well, you can stop. They said, no, we can't. We're gypsies. We, we just feel God has to make an exception. That's our life. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, we're gypsies. We steal. And I said, I said, no, guys, no, a change has happened. So I told them what I just told you about the new creation inside, and they're holy and blameless. And, and it's, I can see I'm penetrating, and it's getting to them, and, and I'm happy, and I can see it's helping them, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get them to see this. And then these two ladies walked up, 
and they're dressed to the hilt. And they look into the hot tub and they look and they look at these two guys. They say, we're going to leave in an hour to go to dinner. And, and the two guys uh, said, okay. And they said, make sure you get ready in time. So they walked away. And then these two gypsies begin to get up out of the hot tub and they look at me and they say, we met them in the hot tub yesterday. And they give me a wink and they disappear. And uh, I, I looked for them the next couple of days. I looked, I just couldn't find them anywhere. And so I've been praying for them. I still pray for them at times. If they come to my mind, I think of those Disney character eyes and I start to pray for them. Now, now listen, I think a lot of Christians are just like those gypsy guys. We don't say we're gypsies, but we say this is who I am, this is what I've done my whole life. And we have that attitude that we can't be purified because of our past or what we've done. And I want to say to you very boldly that you're no longer a gypsy. You are a new person in Christ. And that's really, really important for you and I to understand it. So I came up with, I, with what I call the four steps of Holy Spirit purification. I have four steps for you. And this is to help you cooperate and, and help you uh, allow it to happen. And, and so step number one is just simply he reveals what's not pure to us. It, it's just a beautiful step. And here's a scripture. Most of us think of this just for a non-Christian, but it's John 16, 8. It says when, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and in judgment but he doesn't stop once you accept christ he's still the convictor of sin and he convicts us of sin and so you know how i told you the story at the beginning and all those things that i did it was amazing what happened when i tried to do them again and i'd be doing them and it, it, it the holy spirit inside of me let me know this is wrong this is wrong took all the fun out of it and so I, i'm trying to do it but he's convicting me and then I'd go to bed at night and I'd feel miserable laying on that pillow. He's convicting me. And that's the first step is only he can open it up. And I love to watch people here at Believers. They come in and, you know, they're, they're practicing whatever they're practicing. And uh, one of the things that are real popular today is, you know, cohabitating, having sex before marriage. And that's part of our culture. And you won't hear me hammer that down because I know, hey, only God can show somebody what's right and wrong. But it, it, it's amazing as people just are here for six months to a year, they'll walk up to me or one of the other pastors and they'll say, hey, we've been living together for five years and God's just convicted us that it's wrong. No, no one's making it. God's dealt with us. It's wrong. And then they look at us and say, can you have somebody marry me in an office here? We just want to get married. But it's them. It's them. And I love to watch that conviction process because the goal of God is to make us pure and to make us holy. And of course, when God tells us we shouldn't do something, it's only because he knows that one way or another it will hurt us. It will hurt relationships. It will hurt us. And so he, he wants to purify us. And there's many of you right in here today uh, you've been convicted, you know what it's like, you're being convicted. Some of you, it's dropping on you right now, and we didn't put the temperature up. That's the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, <laughs> here we go. God lives in you to purify you, man. Uh, here's step two. He, he gives us grace or ability to walk away from sin. And, and, and I have two areas I want to cover with this. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 says that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through His power 
that we become free from sin. And it's God's grace. It's God's ability. So I want to tell you a story uh, of how that really blessed me and give you guys some hope. And then I'll give you another story that will bless you, another, another scripture. But back after I was just a Christian, maybe six months to a year, it's hard to remember now, somewhere in that first year, I hadn't gone to Bible school, hadn't met Gina. I'm still single, and I'm working at this place. And, and I thought of asking a girl out, but then I thought, well, she's not a Christian. That's a bad idea. So then she asked me out. So I said, I said, yeah, and I shouldn't have, but I did. And, and then we're going to go on a date. So I pick her up. I go, where do you want to go? She said, I want to go to such and such nightclub. And I'm like, oh, God. As soon as I hear that music, I'm toast. And uh, I'm just done. And so we go in, and the music, and then there's the dancing, the fast, the slow. And I'm a terrible fast dancer and really not a slow dancer. But it was all, it, it just was not good for me. And I'm fighting. I'm doing the white knuckle. You know the white knuckle? Like, God, help me. God, God. I'm trying with all my strength to do this thing. And, and, and uh, then the, the night is ending, and I drive her home. She says, my parents aren't home. Why don't you come in? And I hear the Spirit of God saying, don't go in. <laughs> and I go, okay. <laughs> so then I go in. <laughs> I sit on the couch, and immediately she reaches over and kisses me. And it's like there's a, there, there's a moment there, and I, I felt the strength of the Holy Spirit. I, felt, I stood up like this, and I looked at her. I'm like almost just possessed almost in, in a good way. And I said, listen, this has nothing to do with you. You're very pretty. You're a nice girl. But I accepted Jesus and I told and Jesus has dealt with me to stay pure sexually pure until I'm married and I said have a good life and I ran out of there I did I never talked to her again at work you know and just to stayed away I didn't give her a chance to answer me because I knew she might talk me into staying and so I took off that's God's grace that's God's power it had to be God by that time in the night and and uh, it was God it was God He'll give us power. And you need to start relying on that power. And then some of you, you're here and you know God wants you to stop something, but you, you just keep falling into the same thing. And I'll show you a secret that I have used. It works really well. And there's a scripture, Hebrews 4, 14. It reads like this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we uh, profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Why? Because God's not going to slap you. He's not going to say, what, what did you do again, dummy? Uh, he says, so that you may receive mercy. And I like this, find grace to help us in a time of need. So here's the picture, okay? When Jesus was in that human body, he, was, he always existed. He took upon himself flesh. He was in a human body for 33 plus years. He was tempted with everything you and I are tempted with. That means thoughts came into his mind. And this really helps me because he was without sin. He never sinned. But temptation is in sin. And that's going to help some of you right now. You're going to go to another level in your walk with God just to know because, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you sinned. It's going to give you power to say, I can resist that thought. I can say no to that thought. Jesus had that come, and he, he understands. He understands how frail we are. He understands how we're tempted. 
But then look at verse 16 again. The throne of grace is just going to Jesus in prayer. And, and he says, we can do it with confidence. He's not going to kick you out and make fun of you, call you names. And then receiving mercy means he'll forgive you for whatever you've fallen into. He'll forgive you a thousand times if you just say, I'm sorry, forgive me. But then I like this part, and find grace to help us. Grace is God's ability that supersedes ours. And it's just saying, God, I, I need you to help me. I can't stop this thing. I need your help to do it. And he'll give you the strength to walk away. It won't be you, it will be him. And I think if I can get you to see today that God wants to give you his grace to do what he's dealing with you to do, that changes the game. And that puts the ball in your court so you can win the game. Here's step three. He gives us thoughts to hold on to. And Romans 8, 5, and 6 say this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, that's the sin in our body. It's referring to Christians. Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. It just simply means it's going to destroy parts of your life. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And this is all about the Holy Spirit just giving you thoughts, bringing up Scripture. He'll give you thoughts and Scriptures that you can hold on to. And I like to do this, talk about this. And psychologists will tell you this is important. It's called self-talk. It's just taking a scripture or taking a thought and speaking it to yourself. And, and it can help you to stay strong or it can help you to overcome. And he'll give you some thoughts that are just specific to you. I, I, I was dealing with this area in my life and, and, and I had this saying, this is what I would say, I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'm going to fix that tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll take care of that. And after 20 years, you realize tomorrow is always one day away and and i was just praying and going after god and saying i just i need some help here i just need some grace and this thought bubbled up you know what the thought was it, it, it really changed my whole perspective today is your tomorrow and the idea is today creates tomorrow tomorrow's going to be what you do today and there's don't say i'll wait till tomorrow Today is your tomorrow, and that changed everything. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you some things to think on and hold on to and to speak to change everything. Here, here's number four. Number four is just simply he gives us strategies. We all need strategies. I'll try to give you a couple examples. Um, one is real simple. Uh, he, he might lead you, say, to fast, or he might lead you to pray. Th those are things... He might say, you need to listen to more worship music or you need to pray. It could be just a simple strategy that will change your fight with that particular thing. And then I thought of some other things, like one is he might deal with you to stop doing things. And, and I, I have an example for you guys. Um, some of you have heard this in different times, but when I was a new Christian and God was dealing with me about sexual purity, the biggest battle was in my mind. And so I'm trying to be sexually pure, until I get married. I'm trying. And uh, I'd watch TV and, and I'd have these thoughts bombard me while I was watching TV. And I was having trouble with even Gilligan's Island. And those of you, uh, if you're my age, you know, you know Gilligan's Island. And 
you know, probably Nick at Night shows it, or go, just Google Gilligan's Island. You'll see. Innocent show, but I had troubles with Marianne and Ginger. And, and, uh, and they, it wasn't soft porn. They're not dressed terrible, you know. And, and, and every time I'd fight, I'd hold on for dear life, and I would fight these thoughts, and, and sometimes I'd give in to them, and, and, and then I'd say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. And I'm telling God I'm sorry every day. Because I really liked the professor and, and uh, Gilligan and, and all those guys. So one day God gave me a strategy. He said, don't watch TV for a season. And at the time, the season wasn't on there, but I, 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 I just thought it was forever. And it was really a hard decision. But I, I stopped watching TV. I didn't watch TV for three years. And, uh, and then I condemned every Christian that did. I just... <laughs> I made them feel so bad. And then, it, and then it came to me that, no, dummy, you needed to be in an oxygen tent because you have some <laughs> severe problems. And uh, so I'm proud to tell you I can watch Gilligan's Island today, and I'm really excited about it, and I'm okay. Okay. Yay! Those are strategies. And depending on your past, it, you may, God may give you a radical strategy sometimes. I needed it. I needed time to grow muscles that I didn't have. God had to get me out of some atmosphere. But here's a recent one. Just try to make everybody feel good about themselves. I, um, I watch different news shows that I like, and there's this one news show that sometimes they bring some different people on, and they ask them, what do you think? And these people will have different views sometimes. And there's this one guy. He is the exact opposite of me, but he says things that I can't even believe someone would even think them. And when he's on... I would find myself just talking to the TV and then yelling at the TV, saying, you're a jerk, I can't believe you'd say that. But then I'd go see, find Gina, you've got to come, come see how dumb this guy is. And then I'd talk about him with Gina and other people and just say, he's the dumbest person I have ever heard talk. I can't believe he believes this. And then I'm sending emails to the news place saying, you need to get rid of this guy. He doesn't belong on there. And, and then after I'm all done, God would deal with me slander no man and i thought lord you sure in the greek there's not an except <laughs> slander no man and then i would repent i'd just say lord forgive me you're right i shouldn't do that i'm sorry a couple days later he's back on i fall right back into it and then i say lord forgive me i know you're trying to purify me i'm so sorry and so strategy is very simple one day God just dealt with my heart and he said, you know, as long as you see this guy, you're going to struggle with him. Change the channel as soon as he comes on. And, and, I, and I can handle him. You might know some people you can't be around. You know what? Stay away. Um, uh, you know, there might be some things you can't do. Stay away. But even me, I've been a Christian for a long time now, about 35 years there's still some things I need strategies to help me overcome. I, I, I sense I'm making sense today, guys. And I'm excited that God loves us so much that he wants to purify us. And I'm excited that he lives in you to purify you. So I want you to think about uh, what your life can be like if you just open up to these four simple steps. And you yield a little bit to these steps. And uh, so many of you are already doing that. But God wants to fine-tune you like he's fine-tuning me. I think, well, God doesn't like that guy neither. No, no, he says slander no man. And uh, so I, I want to help you 
uh, come to that place of purification. And, and uh, God wants to purify you. He really does. And I want you to imagine what that process would do to change your lives. I want you to imagine what it will do to change the life of your children, the life of people you love. And I want to encourage you to begin to pray for people. You know, in Colossians 4, the Bible says that Epaphras, he was a Christian, that he prayed for other Christians so that the Holy Spirit would do that purification work and other work at a higher level. So I want you to think about the kids you love, the grandkids you love, the family you love, the friends you have, how you can pray for God to do that work in them. And I want you to imagine you 12 months from now not struggling in some areas that you're currently struggling in. How many of us would be really excited to have an area or two in our life where we're no longer struggling? If that's you, can you just give a clap and a shout, everybody in here? I don't know about you. I, man, that's awesome. And, and God lives in you to purify you. He wants to do that in every one of our lives. So let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's look up to heaven. Every one of you here, I want to give you a chance to connect with God just at this moment. And, uh, maybe you're here and you're like I was as a new Christian. Maybe you're like I am now. Maybe you're one of those people that you came in here with your conscience seared, so to speak, and, and God stirred you. Now, now you're saying, I, I feel guilt again. I'm happy about that. I know I need to change. I know this is wrong. Whoever you are, I want to give you a chance to pray right now. Just whisper prayers to God. Tell God, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to act on that strategy. I've neglected it. I'm going to do it. Tell God, I'm really weak. I need help. I'm coming to the throne of grace. Whatever it is, I'm going to give you that moment to do it. Let's just stay in an attitude of prayer, but let's bow our heads, close our eyes now for a moment. If you're here and you walked in and you say, I think I'm more like you were before you met Jesus, uh, I'm glad you're here again. So happy. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you came in not believing there's a God. Maybe you came in saying, I know he exists, but I don't understand him. Whatever it is, here's the deal. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God sent his son to die for you and the whole world. When Jesus hung on the tree, he hung on there for you, for me, for all of us. He took our sins upon himself. And when he was buried and spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, when he came up out of that grave, he came up to save us from staying in the grave, to save us from not being able to go to heaven. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I, I'll save him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can go to God. You can go to heaven through me. He's God's answer for all of us. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, hey, I believe that, and you say, I'm ready today to begin to follow Jesus, would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I accept Christ as my Savior. I believe what the Bible declares about him. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.